Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gan the Fan podcast. It was a fun weekend in terms of entertainment. We had a new episode of WandaVision drop, which I thought was just absolutely incredible. And two really interesting conference championship games in the NFL. And while I am excited and definitely will get into both of that with the Super Bowl approaching and then just as this season of WandaVision gets further into its run. Today we won't be talking about either the NFL or WandaVision or other properties. I am recording this episode today on the eve of the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death a year ago tomorrow. I th- I thought that this week would be a good time to take a look back at some of Kobe's most memorable performances in his NBA career. Um, there's a lot to dig into for that. I mean, it was it was hard to just pick out 10. I mean, obviously, Kobe just had such a lasting impact on the game and for so many fans across the world. Um, and so without further ado, I'm going to dive in and break down what I think is Kobe's top 10 performances slash games of his NBA career. All right, so let's set the stage a little bit uh, before we hop in to the specific games I wanted to highlight. Let's just first acknowledge Kobe's greatness. We're going to get into it as a basketball player, but I think the more that we learned about him since his passing is that he was also a tremendous father. Um, you know, he kind of catapulted the whole girl dad movement um, as just a, kind of a hashtag and a way to, to bring light to some of the other great fathers out there in the world. And we saw that expressively through just his fondness for his daughter, his his late daughter, Gianna, who passed away with him, and just how motivated he was to impress some of his basketball wisdom onto her as she clearly took after him as a competitor and with, with a love for the sport from everything that we could see from the outside. Because of that too, Kobe became a champion for the WNBA, and that is a that is a league that has grown tremendously in in recent years in popularity and and also just in equality and now it still has a long way to go i think um but as far as as pay goes and recognition uh just from the general public uh the WNBA has definitely come a long way um and Kobe i'm not saying it was because of Kobe or anything like that but uh you you could see his attention really shift to um, promoting WNBA as a league and its players as well as true champions and competitors as as he, I think, probably learned from, from his daughter just the, the importance of supporting women in basketball. And I, I feel like that's just important to take note of that he had that kind of impact off the floor as well. Now, with that being said, let's just... Let's highlight his on-the-court accomplishments. Um, there are, I mean, there are literally countless things to mention. So, Kobe Bryant, first and foremost, a Hall of Famer. 
he i i don't know for myself how i would rank kobe bryant in terms of the greatest of all time i mean i i personally believe michael jordan is the greatest basketball basketball player ever and that lebron james is closely behind him if not approaching up to the same level or getting close to surpassing him kobe bryant may not be on that same level as a lebron or michael but clearly his game was modeled after michael jordan and his greatness can be defined by by some of his accomplishments uh one of them being that he was he was a hall of famer um i think the the biggest thing to mention after that is that he was a five-time nba champion that is you know up there with some of the most of any player all time one short of michael jordan's uh six rings uh he he won all of his championships with the same team he played every season that he played in the nba with the same team the la lakers he was a 15-time all nba player which is a very very prestigious award i think um meaning that you're one of the 15 best players in the league and he did that 15 times in his career also i i didn't know this i'm just reading this you know now as i'm preparing but a 12-time all defensive team player uh i feel like that's that's one of the things that gets overlooked in kobe's game a lot is how i mean we we know he's such a fierce competitor but just how uh, how much of a staunch defender he was as well um you know not that he was ever the best defender he might have been at certain moments in his career but he wasn't known for being the best defender on the team as a as a two-way guy that would that would carry the load offensively and defensively but very important to note 12 time all defensive team recognitions for Kobe Bryant he was an 18 time all-star i think i think i was looking back on it yeah cuz he 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 played in the league for 20 years literally only two seasons did he not make the all-star team and they were both at the beginning of his career um he was a two-time scoring champ so twice in his career he led the league in scoring i believe both of those years came like in the in-between years where he did not have Shaq as a teammate nor did he have Pau Gasol as a teammate yet he was a two-time finals mvp he actually only won one MVP award, which is uh, unique. I, thinking about Kobe, you would, in the time in which he played, you could you could say the only the only guys that might have been above him in terms of talent or on the same level would would have been Shaq and Tim Duncan uh, before LeBron entered the league. Obviously, um, LeBron would definitely be on that level as well. But I mean, Kobe was at all times in his career a top four player in the nba at least um and so to think that he only won one mvp award is is kind of shocking to me i mean now he won it in the 2007 to 2008 season he did not win a championship that season um that, that was again i believe a season before Pau Gasol was there i believe also a season he won a scoring title he was a two-time finals MVP, which the fact that he won two, he won, he won one more finals MVP than he did regular season MVP, I think just speaks to the kind of competitor and champion that he was, that he was, he was truly all about winning. Um, 
he came into the league in one of the most stacked, if not the most stacked draft class of all time. He was, in, you know, just to, in case you're not aware, he was drafted in 1996 by the, by the Charlotte Hornets, and that pick was dealt to the Lakers, and that's how he ended up in L.A. And he came into the league with Allen Iverson, with Steve Nash, with Ray Allen. Um, I know I'm, I know I'm forgetting some players. No, those were the most notable names. I mean, there's a few others. Obviously, Derek Fisher was was drafted that season as well. Sharif Abdul Rahim, Stephon Marbury, but I mean, Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Steve Nash, also going in the same draft class. Kobe won. He won Rookie of the Year that season as well, which is which is just impressive when you think about that the stature of that draft class. He was also a four-time All-Star MVP, and we're actually gonna we're gonna look at one of his All-Star performances on this list. Uh, but the other thing to to mention was that he has two of his numbers, the two numbers he wore, an eight and twenty-four, retired in the Staples Center Arena for the Los Angeles Lakers. So those those are Kobe's accomplishments. Just uh, t- take a minute to to kind of gather and process all that information. That is. That is a lot of accomplishments. So um, without further ado, let's move to the list that I'm calling Kobe's top 10 games of all time. So the first one, I actually I actually just mentioned it, would be the 2011 NBA All-Star game where Kobe scored 37 points and won the All-Star MVP. Battling with Paul, throws the alley-oop, and Bryant ahead of the field. LeBron tries to chase him. Came up short. How many times have we seen that with LeBron James as a steal by Chris Paul on that chase down? Bryant for three, yes! All right, I've got a vote in the uh, MVP contest. Can I go ahead and just write it in? So you just heard that clip, a truly dominant performance from Kobe in this game. And I think also on top of that, it's just a very, it's like a historical game. I Just looking at the highlights from this game as I was going back preparing for this podcast, this is the 2011 season or the 2011 All-Star game, the 2010-2011 season. So this was LeBron's first year in Miami. And this was Kobe and, and Gasol's on this Western Conference All-Star team as well, coming off of their second championship in a row. Um beating the Boston Celtics the year prior, uh, aiming at a three-peat, which obviously we know did not happen. But uh, just I think it was, it was just a fun, it's like getting to go back in time and relive this. I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. Seeing Derrick Rose with a few highlights in this game as well in his MVP season, just seeing all of these overlapping storylines amidst what, was one of Kobe's greatest games. I mean, this was, when I think about that season, because I'm a Bulls fan, I'm always going to think of the Derrick Rose MVP run, and I'm going to think of the Bulls going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I'm going to think of the biggest storyline all season long was LeBron, Wade, and Bosh in the Heat, and the first true super team the NBA had ever seen where, where players decided to go and play with each other on the same team, three three all-star caliber players, and it was such just a rude awakening to the NBA. Yet amidst all this, we can we can go back and find that Kobe was still in his maybe not in his prime, but he was he was still 
just a competitor at the core. And that dunk on LeBron as he was trying to chase down the block was just, it, it was it was a play that signified the moment that LeBron, here he is trying to chase down Kobe and block his shot. Kobe dunks the ball. And I think it, I think it kind of symbolizes that LeBron, he wasn't, he wasn't quite there yet. LeBron had not quite hit his peak where everything was clicking at the same time yet. And Kobe, Kobe had, he, Kobe's got five rings at this point. Um, again, not athletically in his prime, but mentally in, in his shot. I mean, he's, so he shot over 50% in this game, 14 of 26, only two threes, but again, 30, seven points in what was a dominant performance in the all-star game and in a game that was truly made for players like Kobe to shine in. Okay, next on the list is another performance in which Kobe just shoots the lights out and takes over a game. This came in the 2008 to 2009 season. Um, Actually, not... No, this was a season in which the Lakers won an NBA championship and Kobe went for 61 in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks which at the time was the record for most points scored in the Garden. Not the old-fashioned way. Kobe on a spin. What a pivot. Yes! (laughs) 121-103-59 for Kobe. What a display! So this one is another beautiful display of just Kobe's showmanship um with any other player this is a meaningless regular season game against the Knicks uh who who at the time um I'm looking at uh their box score in this game right now and this Knicks team was 21 and 26 at the time starring David Lee but with you know like Dillonello Gallinari coming off the bench, Wilson Chandler coming off the bench, so not a, you know not a terrible Knicks team, but definitely not a good Knicks team either. Kobe put sixty one on them, and actually what what surprised me the most when looking back on this box score is that he did it on sixty one percent shooting from the field. He was nineteen of thirty one. He had three three pointers in the game. Honestly, this was a this was one of those games where I mean, obviously, if anyone scores sixty one points, they're firing on all cylinders. But Kobe, especially in this game, he could just get his shot from anywhere on the floor, from the three point line, from he got to the free throw line a ton in this game. He shot twenty free throws in this game. I think that was uh, one of the most impressive things, and and I think that's one of the most impressive things for players as they get older and and more experienced in their career it's how often can you get to the free throw line because those are the easiest points to get it shows that you've you've mastered the defense that you know how to pick your spots that even if you don't have the same athleticism that you once did you know how to use the defense to get you extra points you know the in in earlier in Kobe's career he, he might have not gone for 60 in this game because he just didn't have the experience to know how to get to the line um and get 20 free throw shots the other the other thing is that he made all 20 he was he was a hundred percent accurate from the free throw line just a tremendous game and then the the highlight that I just played 
was an absolutely beautiful move where he pump fakes the defender, spin moves to his left off his pivot foot, and hits a ridiculous jumper. Um, and it got Spike Lee to stand on his feet. And I think that is that that's what stands out. It's the showmanship. It is, um, it is getting Madison Square Garden to absolutely erupt at an opposing player uh, because they had so much respect for Kobe and because he was just so, so enticing to watch. And you when you when you play in Madison Square Garden, there's always, you know, the, there's a feeling like no other. When you, you hear players talk about it, that there's just this electric feeling inside the building and Kobe... Kobe knew how to play into that, and he surely did in this performance here. All right, next, number eight on the list for the top 10 games of Kobe's career. It is a game that took place in the playoffs. So this was the 2000 to 2001 season. Kobe, at the time, goes for a career playoff best in 48 points. 16 rebounds and the Lakers complete the sweep against the Kings in the Western Conference quarterfinals on May 13th, 2001. All right, so this is the first Kobe playoff game that is making its way on the list. And at the time, like I said, it was a career high in points for the playoffs for Kobe. Um, this was actually the Western Conference semifinals, not the quarter quarterfinals. And so this sent the Lakers on to a Western Conference finals date with the Spurs, I believe. And I think that this game speaks volumes to who we know Kobe as. We know him as a winner. And you know, early in his career, the Kobe and Shaq duo was just unstoppable. And so if you could point to any weaknesses, you know, in Kobe's legacy, I think it would be that, well, he got to play with the greatest big man in the league at that time. The The Lakers were just such a dominant force that, you know, when you compare him to the likes of a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James, those guys were always the alpha on their team. And I think with the early Lakers, it could be be debated that maybe it flip-flopped a bit that that some games Shaq was the alpha and then some games Kobe was the alpha well in this game Kobe was absolutely the alpha and and shows why you know his legacy should not be tarnished in any way because of just of just how great he was in this game this is another game he got to the free throw line a bunch 19 times and he and he made 17 of his 19 free throws not only did he score a ton, but he rebounded a ton. 16 rebounds. And when you talk about this was the Lakers going for the sweep, right? I think what speaks volumes also about Kobe is here's one of his greatest performances when it matters most. It's not game one. It's not a diff. It's not, it's not, not that any playoff game is meaningless, but it has the most weight to it that it could have. The Lakers do get the sweep here because Kobe goes out and just goes ballistic on the Kings, um, not only scoring 48 points, but grabbing 16 rebounds. It just shows the effort that he was going to put into this game that he, it doesn't matter what 
you know, category and the box score. It doesn't matter what stat it is. He's going to do whatever it takes to get the Lakers the win. Um, and he did that in this game. And um, in the the highlight that I just played, Kobe hits an unreal baseline jumper as he's being double teamed, two defenders in his face and drains the shot. Um, and I think we think of young Kobe in the in this stage of his career as being more of the athletic, get to the rim, dunk the ball, get to the free throw line kind of player. And he did do that in this game. He definitely did. But you can see that that clutch gene was in him even early in his career too as he hits just an absolutely beautiful shot uh, to send the Kings home essentially. And we're going to get to more clutch performances for sure, but this was the first one really, I think. And, and the Lakers won the title the year before this, and this would be their second championship in a row. But here's Kobe putting the league on notice that he's going to be here for a while and winning championships for a while. Okay, so the next game, number seven on the list, actually just comes six days later. It is game one of the Western Conference Finals, and Kobe puts up 45 and 10 rebounds against the league's best defense in the San Antonio Spurs. Kobe Bryant able to whip by again. Wow. Wow. Doesn't Kobe know those good? Duncan and Robinson back there? I mean, he, that was with the left hand. 21 for Kobe. No rope, just the quickness of Kobe turns the corner on David Robinson. Here comes Duncan a little too late. All right, so this seventh game in our top 10 poses Kobe Bryant against the league's best defense. And that season, the league's, or at least the Western Conference's best team, the, the Spurs actually had the best record in the Western Conference. Um, and it, after just listening to that highlight, you know, for, for those of you who who maybe didn't watch the NBA back in the early 2000s. No, that is not Duncan Robinson they're talking about. That is Tim Duncan and David Robinson. And knowing what I know about the Spurs team, I mean, that is, we're in we're in the peak era of bully ball, essentially. You know, the 90s were a, a golden era for basketball, and the game was played much more physically and you you kind of had to have a big or at least some kind of presence down low uh, with usually two big centers and uh, a big center and a big power forward as your combo in the paint. And that carried into the 2000s where there maybe there weren't as many great centers in power forward combinations, but usually the teams that were at the top had those guys as the the style of play was transitioning a little bit but it it still hadn't fully left that 90s era of of really playing that bully ball down low and the spurs embodied that uh when you think about the greg popovich spurs era and their run of dominance in the in the latter years and the championships that they won in the 2010s or in the late 2000s those Spurs teams were a little more finesse, a little more ball movement and prowess on the offensive end of the ball, whereas these Spurs teams were defense first all the time, and that was embodied by David Robinson and Tim Duncan in the post, two great post defenders and shot blockers. And in this highlight, Kobe goes right at them, 
gets by dunk uh gets by david robinson and then with his left hand posterizes tim duncan which is just not something you expect to see uh Kobe, just from a statistical standpoint in this game, scored 45 and recorded 10 rebounds as well as three assists. He shot 54% from the field, and he had the highest plus-minus rating on the team tied with Derek Fisher in this game. This game, you know, it's not going to blow your socks off in, in the way that some of these other Kobe games will, where where we will get to them and he scores more than much more than 45 points, but... I think what's most noticeable here is the opponent. And no matter what Greg Popovich and the Spurs dialed up, Kobe was going to beat the defense every time. And I think it's cool to juxtapose this with the game we just talked about, where he went for 48 against the Kings. Literally just six days later, he comes off of his playoff career high and follows it up with a 45-point performance, just three points shy of what he scored the previous game of the playoffs so he was hot i mean this is just these two games here are a glimpse back at kobe catching fire in the playoffs and willing the lakers to get to a second championship all right game number six we are nearing our top five here's another game like i was just talking about where kobe goes absolutely ballistic he scores 65 against the trailblazers in a game that comes towards the end of the regular season in March 16th, 2007. Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple and a fall away in the corner with a shot clock down. Lakers by three. You have got to be joking. Somebody wake up number 24. All right, so this was a vintage Kobe performance, and I know, I know, I'm starting to say that about every game that that we talk about. But to put things in perspective here, so the, yes, this is a regular season game, and yes, Kobe has technically scored more than 65 points in a game. But um, just to put things in perspective, the Lakers throughout Kobe's tenure, they won five championships. You you look back on. Kobe's career and you think of it as a winning career however this season was not the case um the Lakers finished 42 and 40 over the regular season they were only expected to win 41 games so they only did one game better than they were expected to win this season this is the 2006-2007 season which comes in a window in which Kobe was not playing with Shaq and Pau Gasol had not yet been traded to the team He's playing with players like Andrew Bynum, Kwame Brown, Jordan Farmar. Lamar Odom is still on this team, but there is a an absolute void of talent on this Lakers team. You, these were years, and I don't know the specifics of when this happened, but I mean, there was a time when Kobe was being involved in trade talks or or in talks of him signing with another team. I know just as a Bulls fan, there were there were fan theories and hopes out there that he would come to the Bulls and kind of take on the Michael Jordan mantle and trying to resurrect the Bulls franchise. So that's why this game is so important. Yes, the, the Lakers lost in the first round of the playoffs this in this season, but I I think it just shows you one, they would not 
have even sniffed the playoffs without Kobe on this team. And this game shows you just the kind of competitor Kobe was. You know, you look at today's NBA, and there are seasons where, like, for instance, last year with the Warriors, where Durant had left, Thompson was out for the year, and Draymond and Curry are the the two guys left on that team to kind of ride the ship. And obviously Steph Curry ended up getting hurt, and Draymond Green did not play a lot of games. And it led to the Warriors getting the second pick in the draft and getting James Wiseman. And not that I think it would have been different had Curry played last season, because I think it would have. I think the Warriors would have competed not for a championship, but for playoff contention, as they're doing this year, as they're in a similar situation. However, Kobe was never going to be the guy to let his team tank to the bottom for a draft pick. This dude was a winner. Um, under under this regime of the Lakers, they were fifth in the league in points per game. And I think that goes to show you just what Kobe was doing during this season because he carried so much of the load for the Lakers. He led them in points per game. He led them in offensive rating and win shares. He led them in his uh, his value over replacement player. He was truly unlike anyone else in the league at this time. He was third in the league in usage percentage. I mean, Kobe was in his prime right here and not only in his prime as an athlete but as a competitor so he goes for 65 against the Blazers and in this highlight that I just played he literally gets trapped in the corner dribbles out of a double team behind the three-point line and this is an overtime with a tied game with I don't know something like a minute and some change left and he drains the three-point shot to give the Lakers a three-point lead and he did this time and time again as they're going down the stretch of the fourth quarter in this game hitting big shot after big shot I mean it was literally Kobe or nothing in this game and you know if you score 65 points that's that's what it's going to be but this is a testament to you know kind of the the lost years of Kobe's career where he was playing at a level that if he was on any other team with any other roster he's probably winning more championships but instead he's with the Lakers but that that drive that willinglessness to quit just never went away. Okay, so we've now made our way into the top five. So with that being said, the number five game on my list does not come with Kobe being in a Laker uniform. This is Kobe's performance in the 2008 Olympics to help Team USA clinch the gold medal in Beijing. On a penetration, kicks it back out to Bryant. All right, so another clutch Kobe performance in this game. He scored 20 in the gold medal clinching game, which, you know, obviously that's not going to wow anybody when we're talking about Kobe Bryant performances and in terms of point totals. He wasn't even the leading scorer in this game. Dwayne Wade was the leading scorer with 27 uh Kobe comes next with 20 however I think what's important to note here is that Kobe's legacy is beyond just his time in a Lakers uniform this was the 2008 Team USA 
also known as the redeemed team because you know the united states i mean we they've got the best basketball in all of the world the best players in all of the world and and the last time they were in the olympics i don't believe they won the gold medal and this time this time they they came through and and this performance was so i ranked it number five because it's it's so important on so many levels so not only does kobe help bring team usa back to its glory and winning a gold medal for the united states not only does he hit clutch shot after clutch shot down the stretch of this game but he's passing the torch to me in this game um the other players in this game are looking at Kobe mesmerized. You see Carmelo Anthony on the bench cheering him on. You see Dwayne Wade, you know, leading the charge with 27, but throwing lob passes to Kobe down the court. You see Chris Bosh giving him high fives and 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 you know, the biggest name on this team was LeBron James and um the Team USA teams are always so special, not only because you get to see the world's best players on the same court, but we get to see players grow. We get to see players take on a, a new mantra after playing on the... You, you know how much LeBron probably learned by playing alongside Kobe? It's not even that Kobe had to take him aside and teach him a bunch of stuff, but just the work ethic and the resolve in big moments... LeBron is a totally different player now than he was in 2008, and I can't help but think that some of that had to do with playing on a Team USA team that had Kobe Bryant on it, and in a time in which Kobe was was truly just playing some of the best basketball of his entire career. So I love this game because it's Kobe doing a lot of things, getting down the court, finishing alley-oops, assisting his teammates, hitting clutch threes, but I love it because it's it's his legacy within the NBA and it's his global legacy. He's playing in front of a crowd in Beijing of fans from across the globe who now just are are adoring Kobe fans. And and I don't know I really I I don't know if there's a player other than Kobe who has the kind of respect and fandom across the world like he does. And I think him playing on the world stage and playing so well on the world stage like he did in this game is a testament to that okay next up on the list number four another playoff game this one a little bit later in Kobe's career this came April 23rd 2008 Kobe scores 49 and records 10 assists against the Nuggets shot clock Bryant pulls it back Goes at Nahara, got the step, yes, and a count. That's what you call dancing right here. Kobe Bryant put a series of moves on Nahara right here. A little crossover, a little in-between, a little Michael Jackson pirouette, and then the finish. Look at the little dance right here. Okay, you want that? No, I'll give you this. And then let me go in here and finger roll a little bit. Oh, man, watching these highlights... I'm telling you, it makes me miss fans and sports so much. You just hear the MVP chants echoing throughout Staples Center as Kobe is going off. Um, this game, so far, we've talked about you know some of, some of Kobe's biggest, strongest attributes are what his his showmanship, 
his clutch scoring, his ability to get other teammates involved, and his his competitiveness. So I love this game because I think it incorporates all of those things. Kobe scores 49 points, which breaks his previous playoff career record of 48 that we talked about earlier in this episode, but he does it on 66, 67% shooting, 18 of 27 from the field. You know, one of the things we don't really talk about with Kobe is his efficiency because truly he had some moments in his career where he was not an efficient scorer. He was a volume shooter and he got to so many high point totals because he shot the ball a lot. But in this game, he was so methodical. So this is Kobe's first season with Pau Gasol on the team. The Lakers would end up losing in the NBA Finals to the Celtics this season uh, before eventually going on to win two titles with this core group. And, you know, in the previous uh, game or, or two games ago that we were talking about his performance against the Blazers where he's carrying the load offensively and he carries the burden of getting every shot up. That is not the case in this game. Like, we see Kobe do so much on the floor. We see him obviously shoot the ball. We see him attack the rim and get to the free throw line. We see him get his teammates involved. I mean, Kobe was operating out of the triangle offense with just such efficiency um, of knowing how to draw double teams and knowing how to split the defense and get the ball to Pau Gasol or to the open shooter. Unlike I've really seen when I was watching the highlights, I was like, this this Kobe seems different. He's efficient. He's passing the ball a lot more. And he's just savvy. He's just very savvy with the ball, getting to his spots on the floor. And the highlight that's played is, is him taking a guy off the dribble, taking a step back and then crossing him up and getting to the rack and drawing the and one. I mean, obviously Kobe's talented, but it just goes to show how well-rounded he was as a player, not just a prolific scorer, not just even a clutch player, but truly someone who knew the game of basketball and knew how to get his teammates involved as well and do whatever it took to win. And in this case, it was playing so well-rounded, so efficient, so unselfish. Okay, game number three. We're getting we're getting near the end. Kobe puts another 60-burger up, and this time, it's 62 against the Dallas Mavericks on December 20th, 2005. Now Kobe for three. I don't believe it. Incredible. 95, 61, 62 for Kobe. He has more than Dallas has. Kobe threw the three. Acknowledging the crowd on their feet. And he has outscored the Mavericks at the end of the third quarter. They better give him a standing hill right now because this is the last you'll see him tonight. Alright, so this game, not a playoff game, so you might be wondering why why is this game ranked so high on the totem pole? Well, Kobe, not only did he score 62 points, which at that time was a career high for him, he scored 62 points in just three quarters, which at the, you'll hear at the end of this highlight, he had outscored the entire Dallas Mavericks team by the time he had put up 62 points in those three quarters this game. That is unheard of. You know, I, we can get into, you know, the last game. Obviously, I talked about how well-rounded of a game it was. But this, to me, this feels more like the essence of Kobe. It's just the sheer dominance that Kobe put forth. It wasn't 
that he needed to go out and, and put up a well-rounded performance with assists and with a high shooting percentage and with defense and all these other intangibles. He could also just go out there and drop 62 and three quarters, you know? Like, he could also literally outscore your whole team over a three-quarter stretch. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. And so there is it's like it's like Thanos saying I am inevitable there is some inevitability to Kobe's game that he's going to have those nights where he is so locked in that no defense could do anything to prevent him from scoring and this is authentically who Kobe was on the court a a competitor for sure absolutely but just dominant in every aspects of the game but especially in getting his points okay number two on the list you're probably starting to figure out what my top two games are and this one just happens to be you know this is actually a little bit of an emotional one Kobe's final game of his NBA career April 13th 2016 his final game of his career Kobe Bryant puts up 60 points in an absolute classic they have a chance. The Lakers down one. Will Kobe give them one last gamer? Bryant on the move with the jumper. He oh, got it! My! 58 points! And the Lakers lead! Man, that was something to watch just going back and looking at the highlights of this game. I said it already, but it's hard not to... It's hard not to just feel emotional watching this. It's seeing his family on the court, seeing his late daughter, Gigi, on the court, watching them, and seeing Shaq just speechless at at what he's doing. He scores 13 straight at one point for the Lakers as he just wills himself up and down the court and wills himself to 60 points. I mean, when I talked in the last game about you know, the sheer dominance and inevitability. And this this is on display again in this game. Is is This is the essence of Kobe. It is that showmanship that in his last game, he wasn't going to go out with just a couple of thank yous, thank you for what you've done, some good feelings. He was going to give the crowd what they wanted for. The amount of celebrities in this room, I mean, it is packed with everybody from snoop to to jay-z kanye is there in the crowd timberlake is there i mean it is and and he gives them all just the show of a lifetime i remember watching this game and being completely dumbfounded because that last season of kobe's the lakers were not good and he was hurt most of the season too and you know, he, he gave the fans who traveled worldwide to see him play in his last season everything that he could. And it's almost like he was saving his best for last the whole time. It's like he knew that there was one more iconic performance in him. And it's it's just incredible to go back and think it's so tragic that he's gone, but just it is truly insane that he left us with this performance you know like there is there was one left in the bag there was one more gym 
that he had and it's a tribute to the player that he was um someone who could go get you 60 on any night even if he wasn't feeling physically at his best and I think his last game is just so important because this is what we get to remember Kobe by all right one more game left number one on the list Kobe's best game of all time in my opinion if you don't know what it is then shame on you 81 points Kobe scored 81 points in a single game the second most of all time only behind Wilt Chamberlain when he scored 100 in a game Kobe puts up 81 on the Raptors on January 22nd, 2006. Nothing that needs to be said about this game. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. 79 points by Kobe Bryant tonight against the Toronto Raptors. This has to be, hands down, the greatest performance of Kobe Bryant's career. You can't tell me that it's anything else. As, as much as I love these other performances that we've talked about tonight, this is number one. This is, as you just heard in the clip, the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. And it came on a team that was also bad, This the 2006 season. This is another team that Kobe had to drag up and down the floor and carry the load offensively for most of his season. And in this game, the... As he is scoring 81 points, as he's on his way, they were losing early in the game. So, you know, not that he needed to score 81, but they needed every ounce that they could get out of Kobe. And just looking at his box score, 81 points plus 25. He shoots 60% from the field on 46 shots. I think 28 out of 46 in this game. It was a masterpiece, and in the broadcast, they're they're saying that you know once he broke the Lakers' scoring record for most scored points in a single game by a Laker for their franchise, they were like, ah, oh, take him out of the game now. Um, I guess to respect the other team, but obviously Kobe had other plans, and he stays in this game, and he electrifies the crowd with every shot that goes in. There's really not much else to say other than this is just brilliance. It is Kobe in his purest form, just enjoying playing the game of basketball as he completely dominates the other team and gets bucket after bucket after bucket. Well, that's actually going to do it for today's episode. Again, this was an absolute thrill to go back and take a trip down memory lane and look at some of Kobe's best performances. You know, I'd be interested to to see what you all think. What are your favorite Kobe performances? Feel free to message me on Instagram at GandaFan, on Facebook at GandaFan, and be sure to give this podcast a subscribe wherever you listen. And thanks again for listening, everybody.